You, if you get in your car and you drive, it, it doesn't take you very long before you start seeing signs that give warnings to you. And these warnings are for our good. If we'll pay attention to them, they're going to be to our advantage. Like one sign. It would be good to know that up ahead, just ahead of you, there is a sharp left turn. If you see that sign and you give heed to it, then you're going to be able to make that turn easily and be on down the road safely. But if you don't pay attention to that sign, you try and take that sign at 70 mile an hour, you're going to be in trouble. So the sign is for your good. It's for my good if we'll pay attention to it. Here's, here's another one. My wife says I need to become more familiar with this <laughs> sign. She says that I make a perfect rolling stop. And she says she is always right. And so I, I, she probably is in this case. But this is one that we need to become familiar with and, and obey the sign. Because if we don't, Chances are, one of these days, a policeman's going to come behind us and want to pay a visit to us, and, and that's going to put a damper on our day. Uh, here's one that I appreciated just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were driving the people mover and pulling the trailer in the Colorado mountains, and uh, coming up on a steep grade, I saw this sign before that grade was upon us, and it warned me to downgrade my transmission, to go down in my transmission and save my brakes. And uh, that was a very helpful sign. Here's one that's around our town quite a bit. Uh, you drive down Horton or you go over uh, on the east side on Margrave, you'll see these signs, these school crossing signs. They are to our advantage. They help us understand we need to slow down, we need to be watching, and if we don't pay attention to this sign, we're going to be in trouble. Here's one I have to tell you I've never seen on the road. <laughs> uh, if I saw it, it would get my attention in a hurry. I think it's supposed to say deaf children playing. <laughs> I have another picture for you. Uh, this is a picture of my first grandchild, okay? It has nothing to do with the sermon. <laughs> I got this on my phone last week, and I said, somehow i got to work this into the sermon. Uh, the child is laying back. I think he must be listening to one of my sermons. He's just chilling out. Uh, but we are proud, and we are anxious uh, for that little one to be born. Back to these warning signs. They are for our good, aren't they? If we pay attention to them, we're going to be a lot safer than if we don't pay attention to them. In the text today that we're looking at, Luke chapter 12, Jesus gives to us three warning signs that we better pay attention to. To overlook these warning signs, we are inviting grave danger into our life. The first warning sign is this. He says, beware of hypocrisy. Let me read to you from Luke chapter 12, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn there and, and stay there because we're going to be there throughout the sermon. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, Under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another. Now, I, I want to stop right there and tell you what's going on. 
Look at the context. You look back at chapter 11. Jesus has just taken some time and he has given six woes to the Pharisees. In other words, he has rebuked them very severely. And the crowd is just amazed at what he has said. These are the teachers of the law and Jesus is is standing toe-to-toe with them and and he's rebuking them, and, and it's really stirred the crowd up, and, and they want to hear more. They want to know what else Jesus is going to say. What's he going to say next? And so as we enter into chapter 12, there's thousands of people that are gathering, so much so that they are, they're stepping on one another, and they're wanting to hear Jesus. And so this is what he says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Can you sense the yellow warning sign alongside the road of life? And this one probably even has flashing yellow lights along with it. Jesus doesn't want us to miss this sign. He says, beware of hypocrisy. Not only was he saying it to to his disciples then about the Pharisees, he's saying it to us today. Beware of hypocrisy. The Pharisees were experts in this area of hypocrisy. They would preach one thing and then they would practice something different. They would require that their people walk this line and then they themselves would walk an entirely different line. They were play acting. In fact, that's what the word hypocrite means, uh, to play act. In fact, I want to read to you from Kenny Bowles. He's a professor at Ozark Christian. This is what he says about the word hypocrite. And I quote, In ancient Greece, it was a fine thing to be called a hypocrites. That's the Greek word for hypocrite. Hypocrites. This was the term for various kinds of public speaker. An orator, an interpreter of dreams, a reciter of of poetry, or most of all, an actor. There was nothing bad about being a hypocrite. But the very idea of the actor's role, pretending to be in public what you are not in private, eventually degraded the word hypocrite. By New Testament times, Jesus could use the word in scathing rebuke of the self-righteous phonies called Pharisees. They had the external, but not the internal. They had the talk, but not the walk. They just played a role, unquote. And if you continue reading on in this particular article about hypocrisy, he actually even goes to that point where he shares the opposite Greek word for hypocrite. And I have that for you on the stage And I'm going to try to give to you the correct pronunciation of this word. It's onupokritos. It's it's the opposite of hypocrite. This is the word that Paul used in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where he was talking about the sincere or authentic faith that Timothy learned from his mother and his grandmother. Their faith was not just that of role-playing. They were not acting out that which was not in their heart. Instead, it was the real deal. It was sincere. It was genuine. 
about your faith? Is it the real deal or are you pretty good at role playing? When Sunday morning comes along, do you put on the Jesus mask and you, you talk like the Christian and you act like the Christian and then once church is over, does the mask come off and you talk and act like the world? Is that, is that how it goes or is there some genuineness there and some sincerity, some realness? I hope the latter. I, I have to admit to you, sometimes I can look and sound like a hypocrite. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking of last Sunday afternoon. I, I had to take some time afterwards and just ask the Lord to forgive me for how I had been. KU had been playing actually during this hour, and so I DVR'd my, uh, or put it on DVR. I was going to watch it later in the afternoon, and so the afternoon time came that I was going to sit down and watch that game and uh, had my remote and uh, got it back to the starting point of the game. And the first commercial, uh, I wanted to buzz right through it, and I began to notice my remote was really not responding to my commands. I hit fast forward, and it just went flying through the commercial, and the game was, was back on, and I'm trying to stop it, and, and it's just continuing to fast forward. And I finally got it stopped about two or three minutes until halftime. And so I was frustrated. I got hit reverse, and, and it went back to the start of the game. And that's just how it, how it went, the whole game. And then I was frustrated, too, with how they were playing. And uh, I, I just was having a wrestling match with this remote. And I had hollered at Cindy. I said, what's going on with this? And she said, I don't know. And I, I just changed the batteries not long ago. And and so I'm wrestling and I'm hollering with this remote control and I'm losing my composure. And my daughter and my wife are in another room and I am sure that they are thinking in their mind, you know, he is such a spiritual man. <laughs> Do you ever have those kind of moments where... You, you just are not representing Christ very well. I, I do. And I'm, I'm so convicted over that afterwards. But as we grow in Jesus, may those moments become fewer and fewer in number. May our faith be genuine. May the role playing become less and less of a problem. May our faith be real. May we live the, the life that we are claiming. May we walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And there's this caution sign alongside our road of life. And Jesus is the one who's put the sign there through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And He is saying, beware of hypocrisy. And keep in mind, you will not fool Jesus with your hypocrisy. In fact, that's what verses 2 through 5 say from Luke chapter 12. Let me read it to you. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. 
but I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. I hope you're seeing the warning flashing light. That you read the sign clearly as it says, beware of hypocrisy. There is a second sign that you will find in this text that is given to us by Jesus. And that sign says this, beware of greed. Let me read to you verses 13 through 21 of this same chapter. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The the land of a rich man was very productive. And began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. and, And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. I read that and I just thought, wow! What a message from Jesus for 21st century America. We have been led to believe that the more we have, the happier we will be. Isn't that that the message that is coming to us from the world? The more you have the happier you will be. I want you to know that is a message straight out of hell itself. It's a lie. And there's so many different things that we could point to that give evidence to that. One thing, just just recently in the news, actually a couple of months ago, I would say now, Philip Seymour Hoffman, an actor uh, who, who was found dead from a drug overdose. And this is a guy who had just such a successful career. He was a successful actor. He won an Oscar in the the year 2005 for the best actor of the year in the movie Capote. And and he's starred in so many other good movies since that time. He was in Mission Impossible 3 and, and most recently in The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. From a worldly standpoint, this is a fellow who had everything at his fingertips. But apparently he didn't have what he really was searching for. Dying of a drug overdose. Leaving behind three children. If we buy into this lie that the more you have, the happier you're going to be, we're going to be severely disappointed. It's it's just not going to come true for us. We can have everything that the world offers to us. It will not bring fulfillment to us. What we need more of is Jesus. He's the one who satisfies. He's the one who brings peace to us and joy and true life. Maybe you remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus uh, there in Matthew chapter 19. He came asking what he must do to inherit 
eternal life. Jesus could look within that man's heart and see the greed and the self-centeredness that was eating him up. And so Jesus went right to the point. He said, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. Verse 22 of that chapter says that the man, when he heard this statement, he went away grieving because he was one who owned much property. Sounds to me like his property owned him. Instead of him owning his property and managing his property and his possessions, he had reached a point where his possessions owned him. That's what greed will do to us. It will control us, it will overtake us, and it will never bring the satisfaction to us that it promises. And so what is it that you're hungering for? I mean, what are are you hungering after the things of the world, a bigger house, a bigger paycheck, a nicer car, a new truck, and on and on that list could go of what kinds of things we chase after. Now that's not to say that these things are bad. They're not bad in and of themselves. What, when, it, when it becomes bad is when we are chasing after those things more than what we are chasing after Jesus. When we are loving those things more than what we are loving Jesus. I just want to encourage you, look alongside the road of life that you're living and see if you don't see a flashing yellow light with big letters on a yellow sign that says, Beware of Greed. Well, how do we find that point of balance where where we live in a world and and we enjoy the things of the world, but we have Jesus. How do we find that balance? I'll tell you how. We listen to the Holy Spirit, and we're making sure that we're in the Word of God, the truth of God, and we're hearing His voice. And the Holy Spirit, if we will listen to Him, I have a feeling that He is going to help us understand who we need to be chasing after and what we need in our life versus what we want And He's going to help us understand that we need to be a whole lot more generous than what we sometimes are. And if that flashing light, beware of greed, is one that you're ignoring, let me tell you, you're headed for destruction. It would be about as foolish for you to ignore that caution sign as it would be for you to ignore that caution sign. I mean, it would be absolutely silly for us to come to a railroad crossing and the bar is down and the lights are flashing and the bells are ringing and we look and there's a train right there and we try to beat the train. That would be foolish for us to do. It would be equally foolish, it would be even more foolish for us to see this caution sign, beware of greed, and for us to ignore it. Better to be rich towards God than to be chasing after riches for yourself. Let me give to you a third caution sign here in Luke chapter 12. 
It reads this way. Beware of worry. Let me read to you verses 22 through 31. And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying, for all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things, but seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. The caution sign is pretty clear here, isn't it? It's not hard for us to understand what Jesus is saying. I'm sure you've been in the same scenario as what I have been, maybe right here in our own town where you're driving along and uh, you're not thinking, you're, you're just driving more than what you're, you're, you're thinking and you hit a dip in the road and your car bottoms out and, and you wonder if you've just torn it up and you're looking around and, yeah, there was a sign there, but it was covered over. Maybe it's covered over by a tree limb. Maybe it's covered over by a big truck that's parked right in front of that sign. You didn't see the sign and you hit the dip. Well, Jesus did not want this caution sign covered over here in Luke chapter 12 when he's talking about worry. And and so he made sure that as he's cautioning his listeners about worry that he was very clear, he was very comprehensible, and I don't think there was anyone that heard him that that day that went away saying to their neighbor, uh, what was he trying to say? No, there was none of that. Everybody who heard him knew exactly what he was saying. He was saying, do not worry. Beware of it. Avoid it. Quit it. Give it up. In essence, he was saying, give your worries to God. Understand that he is big enough and he is capable enough. He's he's strong enough. He's gracious enough to take care of those things that you're worrying about. If he's willing to take care of the lilies of the field, if he's willing to take care of the birds of of the air, then he is willing and able to take care of you too. And those things that you're worrying about. You're worrying about food and clothing? Give that to God. You're worrying about shelter or your financial stability? Give that to God. It was right here at this point in my sermon prep on Thursday that my phone rang 
It was my daughter, Abby. It was, she was driving to work, and she said, Dad, and I could tell just in the tone of her voice, and I know her well enough, she said, Dad, they're saying uh, bad weather this afternoon. There might even be some tornadoes. And, and she went through that tornado in Joplin a couple of years ago. And, and, and ever since, the wind starts to blow, she starts to worry. And so she's saying, Dad, Dad, there may be some bad weather this afternoon. And I said, Abby, you know what I'm doing right now as I'm preparing my sermon? You know what I'm talking about for Sunday? And there was a silence, and she says, uh, Worry? I said, you must give your worries to God. Trust Him. And I know it's easier said than done, but it's what we must do. We must trust God for our future rather than worry about it. We must trust God for our provision rather than worry about it. We must trust God with our health rather than worry about it. We must trust God with our family rather than worry about them. I mean, worry's not going to help us. It's not going to fix anything. Rather, it will destroy us. We must give our worries to Him. Caution signs are very clear. And they are for our good. Beware of hypocrisy. Jesus said, beware of greed, beware of worry. The question is, are we going to see the signs? Are we going to give heed to those signs? If we give heed to them, then we're going to be, we're going to be safe. We're going to be in good hands. If we don't give heed to them, we're asking for trouble. Going back to that that first sign that I showed you, that left 90-degree turn, you give heed to that, then you're going to be safe. You don't give heed to that, chances are you're not going to be safe. And Jesus says, here are some signs, some warning signs. Give heed. Let's pray. I thank you, Father, that your word is clear. And we need your help. Temptations are there to be greedy, to be worrisome, to be hypocritical. I thank you for your grace for those times that we have we fail in these areas, Lord, you are able to wash us clean and start us anew. But Lord, help us. Help us to see the signs. To place ourselves more fully in your hands. We pray this in Jesus' name.